as we go on, we remember all the times we spent together. You know, um, Past Me really wanted to make a compilation video set to that song. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was gonna um, say, can we afford this? Can we? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I just, I cut it off there because it's also the only words I know. Um, <laughs> Graduation by Vitamin C, if you are there familiar, you who she's now a music executive over at Netflix. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, no. she works at Netflix. Good um, for her. Welcome to a very special episode of The Space Show Show. I am your host, uh, Lieutenant Commander Rebecca Frost, joined by the Admiral, noted space fan, Carrie Jackson. Hello, Carrie. Hi there. Thank you for having me. Um, well. I have a very this... special episode planned for us today. A very uh, special episode <laughs> of the Space Show Show. Because uh, previously, while we did finish the original series, part of my plan was once we finished the original series, we were going to go back and watch the original pilot, The Cage, and um, then just kind of wrap up with some general the original series discussion. Um, so I watched The Cage, which... Uh, Captain Pike is held prisoner and tested by aliens who mm. have the power to project incredibly lifelike illusions. Um, now, let me ask wild. you first: before yeah. it, did you watch the new special effects edition, or uh, was the old special effects edition on those video, uh, DVDs was not I loaded? On the DVDs, so I had to watch the remastered, which blows because the effects were too good. Too good. The, the initial, the initial, you know, were there you're in space and the uh, camera zooms in to the bridge from outside which what a cool effect would love to see that in its unremastered form um it's terrible <laughs> i am dying to see it it looks too good i'm sure it's out there somewhere if you look yeah i can find i know i can find it but um we follow captain pike as the command as the captain of the enterprise um and you know all of the uh, most of the footage from this episode you see reused in the menagerie part one and part two um and what's interesting is in kind of just doing some light googling about you know the cage versus the menagerie mm -hmm. um a lot of people really like the cage more than the menagerie and they really? say the menagerie um feels too much like a clip show and not very cohesive hmm. um which is so interesting because i disagree with all these takes i think and i personally think it's because i'm such a diehard strange new worlds fan that i really enjoy seeing what happens to my best friend captain pike mm. it's i okay. think it's a i think it's a really I, overall, I think the concept is so fascinating because, you know, Captain Pike once visited this planet, you know, where we're not supposed to go, Talos 4, and because um, these Talosians are so powerful and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, he, through whatever timeline, encounters this incident that renders him immobile and just stuck doing beep boops. Um, <laughs> but the concept of, you know, Spock doing you know, breaking Starfleet law for his friend. It's the to, only law punishable by death. <laughs> to um, take him back to this place where we know, you know, they create these lifelike illusions so that he can peacefully live out the rest of his days. I think that's such a cool concept. Oh, yeah. I think it, it's very... Um, human like humanitarian. I think it's very considerate and empathetic, mm -hmm. um, which, you know... I can't speak to the rest of the 60s, but what a concept, maybe? Well, I mean, that's what makes, you know, Star Trek for the time the most progressive show. Uh, I prefer the Menagerie two-parter myself to The Cage. I mean, The Cage is a fine episode on its own. If you watch it on its own, it's great. But uh, I prefer, if I'm picking, the Menagerie two-parter because I get all of my friends. They're all <laughs> yeah. there. You know? <laughs> yeah. And not, not only do you have all of your friends, but you also have a courtroom scene. And, and how and you fun like, are yes. courtroom scenes. Yes, indeed. A big courtroom scene. Um, the thing for me that I think I really struggled with in watching The Cage is, is it considered canon? Is this particular voyage amongst the stars actually part of the grander original series? universe yeah i'm pretty sure it is i mean it's it's referenced a lot uh there's there's even callbacks 
on, uh, let's see, uh, Star Trek Discovery. Uh, there's a callback to it. Um, and, there, was a, uh, there was an article I found that was like um, seven things to consider when um, like comparing the menagerie to the cage or whatever. Um, to clarify the timeline of all of the Talos four visits, the first one took place in the cage in 2254. This will make Discovery's impending visit the second one since it's taking place in 2257. And the oh. events of the menagerie where, Spark, where Spock returns a badly damaged pike happens in 2267. Okay, that makes so, sense interesting all right yeah um but yeah i for whatever it's the same thing that i kind of struggled with at the beginning of one of my favorite movies the unbearable weight of massive talent Ooh. you know about <laughs> nicholas cage's life about you know where does reality begin and where does the farce begin okay i see i see where you're going i see so where like you're the, going with yeah this. at the beginning of unbearable weight of massive talent i kind of struggled with that but then you kind of piece it together eventually mm -hmm. um yeah, so you're wondering how about that. So you're wondering how much of what we actually saw on Talos actually happened because mm -hmm. they are the masters of illusion. They're the big they're the pen and teller of of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, David yeah. Copperfield oh, more more likely. <laughs> Um, and one of the, like, I think one of the biggest differences too is, um, in the menagerie, um, when, you know, all is revealed about how, you know, she is, Vina is one of the stranded survivors, um, from 11 years ago and she was mm -hmm. so badly injured and they didn't know how to put a human back together that they just make her live there in an illusion state, um, because she's so crippled and deformed, um, but uh, at the end of the menagerie, Pike leaves her, whereas um, in the cage, he still leaves, but the Talosians provide her with a fake Captain Pike to live with her. Mm -hmm. And that same footage is used in the menagerie when they return Captain Pike to Talos for to go live out the rest of his days. Because he's, he's wheelchair Pike, mm -hmm. and they bring him back, and then suddenly he's not. He's up and walking around and young and good looking again and he's yeah. jeffrey hunter you know he's just hot jeffrey hunter running around, yeah <laughs> running around finally um yeah i thought that that i don't know i truly wish i knew why i felt so confused um i think i probably just have to go back and rewatch the menagerie to <laughs> <laughs> really piece it together I uh, I just finished uh, moments ago. Uh, the last twenty minutes, I've been you know small bites is how I've been have to do. It. I've had such a crazy couple of weeks. Well, this episode was so long. It's like it's a, a little full, longer, yeah, like hour and two minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's but I just but I just finished it up, and uh, it really is. It's it's a good episode. It's a really good Star Trek episode. But yeah, which is so funny to me that um, NBC reportedly called it too cerebral and too intellectual and too slow with not enough action. So rather than rejecting the series outright, the network commissioned in an unusual and at the time unprecedented move, a second mm -hmm. pilot, which then became where no man has gone before. And this is accepted. This was accepted in Star Trek. The original series began production. Um, and, and I guarantee you, if it hadn't been for Lucille Ball. If Lucille Ball oh. hadn't been the head of Desilu Studios, they would have just said, no, your show sucks. If it was anybody Seriously. else, I'm sure that they wanted to, you know, because CBS, very important network, and, and Lucy was a big part of CBS success. And I think that they were just like, oh, we don't want to piss Lucy off. All right, let her have her space show. Yeah. I wish, part of me wishes um, I could be alive in a time when she was in charge of tv like when oh. she, everything was everything was lucy town and oh yeah she, and she was at the forefront of like you know showing a pregnant woman on tv where and mm -hmm. you know people start women started wearing pants on tv how fun to see you've heard me wax on about norman lear about how important mm -hmm. norman lear was not only to television but to our american culture uh he helped shape and make it evolve and change it for the better lucy was before norman lear and she was there pushing and doing stuff she really had a big hand in thing first of all she's a woman in hollywood boom and she was doing it she was doing the jobs that all the guys were doing i mean they they were even talking about how at a, at a rap party for star trek she was there with 
with the stagehands with a broom helping to clean up so oh, that they could that. so that they could have that so that they could have the rap party she was cleaning the set because they had run late on shooting uh you know i mean just just phenomenal and of course there are documentaries about her out there and then there's i think two tv miniseries that have been made about her and well and then there was that movie a couple of years ago where nicole kidman yeah was her that was did you know unrelated did you know nicole kidman not a native australian she was born in hawaii and grew up in australia oh the mel gibson she's, effect she's an american well she's ours then okay we can claim her <laughs> we'll let australia keep mel gibson and we'll keep her yeah she brings us the magic of the movies <laughs> yeah heart, heartbreak feels good in a place like this yep. um Something else unusual about the cage, uh, Spock is <laughs> yelling a lot. He, he's a very different Spock than we know. Well, I mean, the, the real story is, is that they didn't quite know what his background, what the Vulcans were all about, you know, uh, yeah. at that time. So he was just acting. He was just doing his thing. Uh, and it wasn't until later, because uh, th the idea was is that Gene Roddenberry, first of all, wanted more aliens on the show. Correct. But he but he realized budget. Oh, we got a problem. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Majel Barrett, his you know one of his girlfriends at the time. Oh, the Great Bird of the Galaxy was a womanizer. Don't don't let anybody tell you any different. <laughs> uh, but uh, Majel Barrett was the cold computer type, you know. Yeah, and, and so when the exec started having a problem with the woman on the bridge thing, he went, ah, I need my cold computer type in there to go against my Horatio Hornblower captain. Mm -hmm. And so he says, oh, I can get my alien and my computer guy. We'll make it. That's what we'll do. We'll combine them. Uh, he wasn't happy about losing Major Barrett for many reasons, but uh, he, he got her back in a different role. You know, Major Barrett, <laughs> um, she... I think is the real winner of Star Trek, the original series, because not only like, you know, she appears in that first pilot and then also, you know, you know, gets recast as Nurse Chapel, um, but she shows up as a voice actor in so many subsequent things. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we all, we always, you know, remember Kirk and Spock, William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, but I really think we got to give more credit to Major Barrett because she, has had such a storied career within Star Trek itself. And I mean, oh, yeah. is she a Nepo wife? Maybe. Uh, I like to think that she's, I mean, no, I wouldn't go that far. I don't know if I, just a little, but I wouldn't go completely that far because mm -hmm. I mean, she's very talented. And mm -hmm. once you get to Deep Space Nine, you're going to see some real acting chops. Uh, Major Barrett steps up. She uh, shows back up in Deep Space Nine? Well, as you know, she's in Next Generation. She's, do you know this? Am I ruining things for you? I mean, you're not ruining anything for okay. me, but I would like to know. Major Barrett comes back as Luxana Troy's mom. Uh, okay. In Next Generation. And then she comes back yeah. in Deep Space Nine. Okay as an ambassador from Beta Z, and she's on quite a few episodes of Deep Space Nine, and you really get to see, especially in Deep Space Nine, some acting and comedic chops. Just amazing. Oh. The, the chemistry between her and Odo, because Odo is the ultimate straight man, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, almost more so than Spock. Uh, he's, he's like Spock and McCoy had a baby and <laughs> is, is putty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's such a straight man that he is so i mean quark is such a great foil for him but but then uh, uh did i say her name is luxana deanna troy luxana yeah. is okay. okay i was got the I was names little, but i got i got you i have i've yeah. seen the i've seen the episode of the next generation where she does show up because yes. Because I've never seen Riker look more emo in his whole life. The man goes to sit on his rock and be sad. <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the character of, of Luxana Troy comes back in a couple of iterations, and and you really get to see Majel Barrett do her thing. And of course, she's the legendary computer voice. I've got this doohickey uh, that I sent for. <laughs> that it's it's just this little box that you plug into your 
electrical outlet, and then you plug whatever it is you want in there, like a lamp or something, into the box. And this is old tech, but it's just great because you can say uh, computer, and it'll go, working, and it's her voice. Oh. And you can say, like, uh, uh, turn the lamp on, and the lamp comes on, and it says illumination or whatever. You know, it, It'll talk back to you in her voice, oh. you know. So it's very cool. But yeah, she's the computer voice in, in the original series. She's the computer voice in Next Gen. And uh, then they kind of start to phase her out. Mm -hmm. And of course, she passes on eventually. But uh, yeah. So yeah, very important part oh. of Trek. I, and she, I think, kept Jean on track mm -hmm. quite a bit. Because as we all know, Jean, womanizer, loved his beverages, you know. <laughs> uh -huh. I think she kind of kept him on track. Behind every behind every man is a woman doing most of the work. Um, mm -hmm. uh, as of this recording, the new Lower Decks episode hasn't come out, but by the time this does come out, um, this week's Lower Deck is all about Betazoids, and I am not even remotely prepared for it. It's supposed to be <laughs> one of the animators on the show said this was my favorite episode that we worked on. It's um, supposed to be hilarious, so we can. Oh, good come Can't back to wait. that next week um, can't wait yeah but you know going back to spock um the pie after the pilot aired the studio wanted gene roddenberry to get rid of him uh to get rid of the guy with the ears but like you said roddenberry wanted an alien presence on the bridge and so he had mm -hmm. to fight to keep him and the pointed ears and the eyebrows were the cheapest way to have an alien on the bridge and so it just so worked easy. out just yeah. so easy i loved everyone's turtlenecks and sweaters they look so <laughs> cozy um, toasty on the bridge Ooh. toasty on the bridge uh, i last week also i did a little search for this and i know i could just buy it online but if everyone if anyone has a lead on this marvel comics published a comic book series from february 1997 to june 1998 featuring captain pike and his crew called star trek early voyages yes the first Three issues features Pi feature Pike's yeoman and close friend Dermot Cusack, whose death on Regel 7 is referenced in the cage. The mission to Regel 7 is shown in issue three, uh, including the Kalar attack on Pike at the Zemtar Fortress, a scene where Pike is forced to relive by the Telosians. Yeoman Mia Colt joins the crew in issue four, which retells the events of the cage from her point of view. Oh, which is so interesting because... Um, Yeoman Mia, who Lee mentioned that he loved, um, yeah. she mm -hmm. has a line at the end of the episode because the whole point of the Telosians was to have, you know, a male and a female human. Mm -hmm. And um, they reference earlier on in the episode, you know, um, he's the Adam to Eve. And her last line is she <laughs> very she's very brave because pike is kind of mean to her um she asks who would have been your eve <laughs> and i'm like holy toledo bold <laughs> what would it have been me i mean you know mm, uh, mm. meek and mousy uh but uh the star trek the early voyages uh it's not its own compendium it's called it's published as star trek the star trek ominous omnibus volume two oh okay um, which i have I, found online but if anybody knows like locally if i could find it i'd prefer because you want to own it you want the physical media i just searched yeah. on the marvel unlimited and uh it's it's there is no star trek there so mm, yeah yeah and i would love to support local if possible no. um I'll ask Jeff down at the Bolts. Maybe he can cool. oh, get they, it. They can get it. That would be awesome. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's the Oh, uh, another thing. Uh, no bones, but we have Dr. Boyce. Who, uh, oh, Dr. Comover. Okay, yeah. Dr. Comover, who uh, instead of acting like a doctor, decides to pour Pike a drink. And, he's, and his reasoning behind it is people will tell their bartender things that they won't tell their doctor. And <laughs> that was clever. But uh, it is interesting to see Pike, you know, this is our first introduction to this character. And he is tired of being a captain. The previous missions that he has been on are weigh on him so heavily that he's like, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't know that's um, how you want to introduce a character for a series about an exploration yeah. vessel. <laughs> it, it was a bold choice. I mean, I, I kind of admire him for it because, I mean, the, e the easier route would be to, you know, make this guy likable right away. And, and immediately you're introducing a character that we don't like and we have to get to know. 
And mm-hmm. so it's really, in a way, it's kind of like real life that way, if you think about it. But uh, I, I did like the part. He says, tired, you bet I'm tired. Tired of deciding who lives and who dies. Mm-hmm. But then there's then there's Doctor Comover with his with his drink. You putting ice in that? I thought that was a great a great little moment. Yeah. Uh, between the two of them, and then at the end, the 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 line, the last thing he says to the doctor, he says that he says is it all ships doctors are dirty old men because because even he was asking yeah who would have who would have been the Eve huh, hmm? huh? Hmm? Mm-hmm. who would you have picked. Doctors are dirty old men. They kept that same kind of dynamic with Kirk and Bones. um, Mm -hmm. Just, you know, with someone younger and hotter, I guess. I debatable. Well, certainly compared to Dr. Comover, yeah. DeForest Kelly is DeForest (laughs) Kelly is is a steal compared to to this guy. (laughs) Still quite curmudgeonly. Um That is all I have to say about the cage. Unless you have anything else you want to say about the cage. I uh, just uh, I uh, well uh, Susan Oliver. What can I say? Uh, oh, what a babe! Uh, again, life changing for a young uh, Carrie Jackson watching this show. Uh, she was just absolutely beautiful. Uh, oh, and, and to think of the scene where she's the Orion slave girl and one of Pike's um, compatriots says, to think they like being taken advantage of. And then what happens oh, to those oh. characters later on? Oh, no, you're the one being taken advantage of, sir. Uh, they know exactly yes. what they're doing. I'm, uh, I'm so, which I'm so glad. Oh, of course, I'm sure you have of course. it. Just <laughs> yeah. ready to roll. And there she Gary is. has his um, Orion slave girl action figure. And there's there she is, Susan Oliver. Mm. Just beautiful. Mm. Absolutely. Um, which I really, you know, to go back to Lower Decks, they have dived a lot more into mm-hmm. the history of Orion and wow just incredible i love i love i love everything to do with the orions it's insane and it's not documented and it remains undocumented (laughs) and i hope they keep it that way forever uh yeah i just uh i remember watching these episodes as a kid and again susan oliver was life-changing and 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 how great is it that she got to have all those you know different you know she was uh, a damsel in distress then suddenly she's the in charge orion slave girl and and mm-hmm. you know all of these different parts and then she gets to play a withered you know bitter old yeah you know <laughs> so she got she got in my opinion she got the best role in this pilot yeah she got she, all kinds yeah. of costume changes she got costume changes she got to do different things you know where jeffrey hunter had to stand there be stern and handsome but not yeah. only that, she's the one with all of the resources and knowledge too, because you know he was asking her questions about mm-hmm. you know being trapped on this planet with the Telosians, and she is the one who has all of the knowledge and has to dispel yeah. you know information about how these people work. And and if you go back and look at the way she delivers her lines when when Pike is asking her questions, she's like, "Well, it's like this," and you know, and and she's explaining it to him as though he's five. But mm-hmm. she's explaining it to him, and that doesn't seem like a line read to me. Just no. about everybody else on this show, when they have a line, it seems like a line read. But to mm-hmm. her, for Susan Oliver, it was so natural and just easily delivered. And this is how a person speaks, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not how an actor speaks. This is how a person speaks. And that's why she was so great in this role. And then the uh, the, the, the Telosians, which were all women uh, cast in the roles, all women act- actors. What? Yeah, that's what I don't I, believe you. It's true. Uh, and uh, so then they used uh, uh, male voices. Uh, Malachi Throne is the voice of the headkeeper, uh, the head Telosian. And they sent his voice through a, a synthesizer kind of a thing to change it slightly. But uh, also fascinating. These are women? Yeah. Huh. That's, that's, what, that's what I have been taught. And. The other interesting thing is the phaser. Well, the laser, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't call it a phaser then. I I kind of like the design of the classic original laser. So this la- so this laser that you're holding in your hand is mm-hmm. that the original from the cage? This style? is from yeah, this is the cage style one. Whoa. And if I if I had the batteries in it, it makes the original sounds and it also does that twisty thing here to make the different sounds. 
so it's a fun little toy. It's an old Playmates toy. It was only like uh, $15 or something like that. They're um, communicators, too. <laughs> I like uh, it. was so interesting how they they spent at least five seconds showing you the communicator. And yeah. It looks very different from the communicator that we know in the original series. I, mm -hmm. I personally thought this one looked cooler. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm a fan of the uh the original series communicator i have to i have to be uh very partial it's when it comes it's to smaller that. and it's more compact but this one it had um a like a more of a clear body yeah it was it was bit. like it was like they took transistors and then poured uh, acrylic lee would be better at explaining this than me <laughs> yeah. some acrylic plastic into a mold or something but the last thing i wanted to show you and i dug this out for our cage episode <laughs> Uh -huh. This is not an actual Mego action figure. This is the people who make the Migos went, you know, we never got a chance to make a Christopher Pike Mego. And so there it is, Jeffrey Hunter. Our boy Jeffrey Hunter. Do you see the likeness? Very sharp features. Very, very sharp. So this is the old yeah. classic uh, Mego action figure style in Jeffrey Hunter's sculpt. Wow. Captain Pike. Which I always thought was very, very cool. That is pretty cool. Uh, so, so go on the overall series uh, the you want, overall you want to... series um, now that we've finished now that we have finished i just did some light perusing on the internet and because it is star trek there are thousands and thousands of pages oh, of things and so I many wanted, opinions i wanted to know what some people thought were the the top 10 episodes of the original series. And okay. I found I found a list um, from IGN from, I believe, April 2022. Yeah, April of 2022. Mm -hmm. And I liked their list the best compared okay. to all of the other lists that I looked at. Um, at number 10, they have Arena, our first introduction to the Gorn, a man in a lizard suit. Kirk versus the Gorn, very influential on me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Number nine, Amok Time. You wear also horny Spock. <laughs> but but we learn more about the Vulcan uh, uh, people. Uh, we mm -hmm. we got into that whole thing, and I love the part at the end where you know Spock realizes he's been played, and it's like <laughs> player <laughs> acknowledges player. I get it. Game hey. recognized game. Game recognized game. That's it. Yeah. Uh, the thing about this top ten list too is. A lot of the other lists I have looked at all have these same episodes, just in different orders. Um, yeah. But this is just the one I liked the most. Uh, number eight, The Naked Time from season one, uh, where you sweaty shirtless Sulu. Uh, and just... <laughs> We're losing <laughs> our minds. Yeah. We're just all losing our minds. Number seven, The Enemy Within from season one, um, where we first get, uh, which one do I shoot? You know, we first get oh. duplicate Kirk and- Evil Kirk you, and good you Kirk. You know he's evil because he has eyeliner and is sweaty. And he's lit from underneath. He's got the- mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> Number, oh, let's see, number six on this list where no man has gone before, the um, pilot of the, the second pilot. It's the silver um, eyes. Yeah. With the silver eyes, which if you remember, we talked about it way back when, they used aluminum foil between two piece, two contact lenses. Oh, ow, 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 ow. Oh, <sighs> Sally Kellerman though. She's there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number five, the trouble with tribbles. Love the Tribbles episode. I, I can't wait for you to see the Deep Space Nine crossover. I can't wait. I feel like I did see it when you did it at Bruvy. That's right. You did say that you saw that one. Okay. But because of the way my brain works, I definitely don't remember. <laughs> well, good. It'll be like seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Uh, number four, Space Seed, which uh, when... If if I were to list my favorite episodes, I think I would put Space Seed at number two you after think? the Menagerie. Yeah, I, oh, I really okay. liked Space Seed. I, Space Seed is a great episode. I quite enjoyed it. Um, our I, mean, no, <laughs> I really I mean, no, introduces the idea of McCoy just waiting for death, ready for death at any time. <laughs> and oh, I mean, my only complaint about that one is that the you know the incredibly smart historian is so easily swayed by Khan. You know, uh, well, she's a she's a career. 
She's a career Starfleet person, but she's just ready to throw away her career, go live on the planet with, with Kana. We all know how that turned out. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Uh, number three, Mirror Mirror from season two, where we get Spock with a goatee and everyone else is evil too. That's how you know it's evil Spock when he has a goatee. That's, yep, how you know it. Number two, Balance of Terror, which is one of the first original series episodes I watched because when I started watching Strange New Worlds, uh, I think you and Lee recommended this episode to me. Yeah. Where, you know, we first meet the Romulans. Yes. And that's a that's a essentially it's a submarine movie. Mm. That that whole episode it's it's an old style submarine movie, run silent, run deep kind of a thing. And number one on this list, which was also number one on many lists, uh, the city on the edge of forever, the one that, where they go back in time and meet Edith Keeler. That is the one that it inevitably gets brought up as mm -hmm. the best episode. I when I watched this I had two separate people tell me that this episode is listed as one of the best sci-fi episodes of anything of all time. Oh, and yeah. I have I in 2023 have definitely been spoiled by other sci-fi things so I watched it and I was like, "Oh, really? That's it?" But I understand why it is considered to be well, such yeah. a cornerstone of sci-fi I mean, entertainment th think about all of the things that it influenced after it appeared you know mm -hmm. the the kids who were watching that went on to do other shows and you know they were inspired by that so that's that's the importance of it really it may seem like old trope storytelling right now and it is now but at its time boy that was uh, a, a mind mm -hmm. blower that episode what, uh, um, I don't know if I've asked you this, what would be your number one? What would be your top episode? Those are all, that's a good solid list. I'll mm -hmm. say that, that those are good solid lists. The one thing that pulls me out of saying that, that, uh, City on the Edge of Forever is the best episode is <sighs> DeForest Kelly just takes me right out of it he just coked up DeForest Kelly running through the past <laughs> I wish that they would have given him more to say rather than shouting assassins you won't kill me I won't kill you You know I wish they would have given him a little yeah I mean once he comes down he's great you know but when he's crazed McCoy he mm -hmm. just doesn't sell it to me I just go that's DeForest Kelly and he's acting but <laughs> but he's that's such a minor exactly that's such a minor quibble though such a minor quibble i, I you know it, it's like it's like picking your favorite children we can relate to that right <laughs> that's i don't have a one favorite episode if you gunned to my head and said you can only have one the rest of your life i wouldn't i wouldn't know what to do with myself mm, yeah. you know I, of course you're talking to a guy who loves the space lincoln episode but anyway yeah <laughs> well, that settles it. Carrie Jackson, Space Lincoln, his favorite episode. Yeah. I mean, there's um, really only about 10 episodes that I despise. The rest of them I'm good with, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, that is true. There's only a few of them where I'm like, oh my God, can we wrap this up? Because there are mm. so many of them are just, I really surprisingly quite enjoyed. Um, in our Facebook group, Geek Show Gang, there a fan, John Coston, shared with us that uh, the theme song actually had lyrics. And I did not know that this theme song originally had lyrics. Um, and I think they're kind of silly, but they are uh, they're terrible. <laughs> uh, there's an episode of the Nerdist podcast featuring Jack Black. Um, and oh, my God, what's Kyle? Uh, Tenacious D. Um, Tenacious D on the Nerdist podcast. And they sang they put the lyrics to the song they perform and I, would, I would like to share that with you now and maybe i'll fix this in post because somewhere out there there's a record oh here we go okay Strange love a star woman teaches. <laughs> and I know his journey ends never. His star track must go on forever. But tell 
him as he wanders the starry sea. Remember, remember me. <laughs> Somewhere out there is a, uh, I think Nichelle Nichols recorded it, oh. singing the lyrics. And somewhere also out there is a recording of Gene Roddenberry brought in one of his chippies to uh, to sing it. And uh, so I know I'll those see if recordings. I'll find the Nichelle Nichols one. And if I can, I'll put it at the end of this episode. But if not, sorry. You won't know until you finish this episode. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I like the Tenacious D version because it really... I mean, even if I listen to the, the original theme, I'm very much a fan of that, like, atomic retro 50s, early 60s, <laughs> it's like, style of living. And well, you, you and I need to go to Palm Springs, Springs then. You and Let's I need to go, go on a little trip to Palm <laughs> Springs and just experience all of that. I would love, this is going to sound so not, <laughs> I want to go visit all the antique shops in Palm Springs. Yes. <laughs> My you, wife I don't know forbids I, it because she knows I'll bring home a ton of ton of stuff. But uranium yeah. glass as far as the eye can see. Yes, I, I love that style. Saw pictures. Um, I the Christmas village that I got last year was it. I called it my my Flor my Florida retirement community <laughs> because it is all just that atomic retro style of like wow. house. They're so cute, Carrie. I'll see if I can find pictures, but they're so freaking cute. You can't even believe it. They're used to a long time ago, back when the Venetian in Las Vegas opened, they had a bar in there and the entire theme was that style. Mm. And I was there anytime I was in Vegas. And I was in Vegas a lot in those days because uh, mm. uh, Sue JetBlue flew down there. And so we just hop on anytime we, we were in Vegas just about every weekend. And I was at that bar every early evening because I just could not get enough of that style and that design. It was just fabulous. Anyway. Yeah, show me a good tiki bar. Ooh, baby. <laughs> um, the last thing I want to share with you um, our good friend Jake Black, a uh, mm. friend of the program and my Star yes. Trek informant. Um, he's well, he's in the industry, fun... so yeah. He's in the industry. He's been such a fun companion to have uh, during this journey. He sent me a book that he had published in 2016, the Starfleet Logbook, which is find out if you have what it takes to rise through the ranks of Starfleet. And Ooh. it's just a fun little like activity book <gasps> about you know being in starfleet and doing stuff in starfleet what are the what are the physical requirements i, <laughs> I don't i always worry that. that i wouldn't be able to pass a test like that <laughs> <laughs> that's carrie sincerely that's kind of why i started working out because <laughs> if i want to be ready for starfleet i have i have to be combat ready um, <laughs> but there's like like fun quizzes a, a cadet's log what's your experience like at starfleet academy um, oh fun your graduation party planner uh letter home there's stuff you can cut out and color and put Look on at display that. oh um, i know that's for children bios. but i but i want I, that i know i can ask him <laughs> to send you one um fun activities to do there's just a whole Jake, Jake's a good guy. He, uh, I know he worked on uh, Ninja Turtles as well, but he is ultimately a Star Trek fan and, uh, so, and a wrestling fan. <laughs> but, yeah. He, I believe he writes for WWE. Um, mm -hmm. and this most recent Star Trek day, um, the segment with the drag queen, he produced that segment. And also, um, when they were asking, uh normies on the street you know what they liked about star trek um he produced that segment as well but um he's just been so cool to talk to during mm -hmm. all this because he has all of the knowledge um is he still living here has he moved he's moved in connecticut I connecticut think? now okay because yes. i know he was living here for a while so yeah i think he's in connecticut but anyway thank you big thank you to jake for this Starfleet logbook that I will treasure. Absolutely. I told him it's missing a signature from the author. And he was like, the truly the only reason I didn't sign it was because I didn't have a pen that would show up. So get a silver <laughs> Sharpie, sir. Yeah. So hopefully in the future, when I see him, I'll have this and he can sign it for me. Yes. And if he's um, listening to this, I hope you're feeling better. 
Uh, but that's truly, fully, 100% the original series. Uh, truly a blast. I've loved every second of it. I'm glad you came to church, and I'm glad you're such a... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Um, you a rabid member. Such a monster. Um, and yeah, instead of just having an existential crisis, I decided to make um, Star Trek my whole personality. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been working out pretty well so far. Well, before before you announced the new direction of the Space Show show, mm -hmm. uh, I just I, I wanted to say thank you for letting me participate. Thank you for letting thank you for for attending church services thank you for <laughs> you know joining uh because this show <sighs> okay you have to remember grew up on a farm uh didn't know many people didn't think i'd ever get out of that whole situation mm -hmm. and it's just uh this show it inspired so many people to do so many things <laughs> just truly it's such a remarkable it, show i have been trying yeah. to i've been trying to pitch it to so many people and a friend of mine um i was talking to her about it last night and she i was like i am i'm being honest with everybody i'm like yeah i'm making this my whole personality just, i have you know a lot of stressful things happening in my life and this is it's just it's been such a balm and she's like, what do you like? Like, what do you like about it? Like the costuming, like the characters, what it is. And I'm like, honestly, it's just good and not mm -hmm. like quality wise. It's good, like morally and ethically. And it's yes. just such an ideal society and everybody is just good. And mm -hmm. the thing that, and I share um, Captain Pike's speech in the first episode of Strange New Worlds as kind of like, hey, this was my gateway drug. Um, watch this and let me know, hey, if this vibe, if you vibe with this, it, uh, this is what the show yeah. is like. <laughs> Strange New Worlds is, is the best introduction, I think, mm -hmm. uh, to, to a modern audience, uh, to the whole thing. Because if Strange New World hooks them, they get curious and then mm -hmm. they they go seeking out and they, they find all the other shows and, you know, maybe they'll go right to enterprise or maybe they'll go right to deep space nine. Who knows? Uh, but there's so much that you can dive into. Oh, and yeah. the thing for like, the thing for me is like, you know, strange new worlds. Pike is the best boss. He implicitly trusts everyone on his crew. If somebody says, we must do xyz he doesn't question it he trusts exactly. their judgment yeah. if someone um does have a question about something or someone messes up something there's no punishment there's no, no harsh coming there's no harsh mm -hmm. come down there's no there's no anger involved there's a lot of understanding and the desire to know more right the mm -hmm. whole thing is you know your five-year mission to explore and just learn more that's that's me baby like that's why i say you know i if i was given the opportunity for immortality i would take it immediately not because i want to live forever but because i just want to learn more about everything mm -hmm. forever and that's what i uh, just <sighs> love every second well, of it I, I you know growing up in a small town i had so many of my friends and people who were content to stay there you know they got a job at the box factory and they stayed there. Oh, we travel. We go to Disneyland or Mexico, you know, and there's and, so much more. And that's what this show taught me is the importance of exploring. And for me, that's been travel. And when I travel, I don't like to do the touristy things. I want to get out there and just wander without mm -hmm. a schedule or without a guide. And I want to meet the locals. I want to talk to them. I want to communicate with them. I want to learn about their way of life. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what the show inspired me to do. So, I, I mean, in all my trips to, I mean, Russia, France, Japan, uh, Amsterdam was like a real United Federation of Planets. There was such an amalgam of different people in Amsterdam. And just to talk to all of them, Greece, uh, all the places that I've been, talking to the locals, getting to know them speaking with a russian about you know isn't it great that you have freedom now and he says well not so much you know <laughs> <laughs> and 
yeah, okay, I can I can say whatever the hell I want, but I I got no food on my table for my family. You hear things like that, you know. Uh, you talk to a, a guy from France about, oh, aren't your taxes really high? And he goes, yeah, they are. But I get all of this, and he starts listing, mm -hmm. you know, college. He gets every, I get, I have all of this access to, and, and so it's worth it, you know. Mm -hmm. Understanding their motivations, uh, you know, learning about different, the different cultures. Like I said, Amsterdam was such a great amalgam because there are so many different people from everywhere there and they've established communities throughout the city so you can walk one section of Amsterdam and, and go from you know an Ethiopian section to you know who knows what and mm -hmm. and going into each of these places and talking to people and, and learning about them that's what this show inspired me to do and that's why I tell people travel and when you travel don't do the touristy kind of thing talk to the you know just wander just just pick a city and walk up and down the street and get to know people live a day as a local and do weird little walks like that's where exactly. you learn the most about your like especially like, even in your own communities i saw something once i probably a buzzfeed article where i was like go on weird little walks in your neighborhood because mm -hmm. that's where you're going to learn the most about what's in your neighborhood mm -hmm. um for me also I get so excited talking to other Star Trek fans, more excited than I feel like I've ever been. Like when I got way into Doctor Who, uh, when I got way into Marvel, uh, when I got super duper into Star Wars, I've never been more excited to talk to other people than I have been when it comes to Star Trek. When we were at Comic-Con this last weekend, seeing oh. other people in Star Trek cosplays, I wanted to, I felt like a like a puppy on his first day out. I was like, I also like Star Trek and would you be interested in talking about Star Trek because I quite enjoy it and maybe we could get along and I think too because you know people who do enjoy Star Trek also have that same kind of understanding about how our place in the universe and how to exist within it and mm -hmm. are you know more empathetic there is a video out there I started to watch I haven't finished about you know why do conservatives like Star Trek um which I just is, don't get insane and you know there are people who will say well i like star trek before it got woke and day one when when, when <laughs> was that because since day one star trek has been woke so please day point me and show me on the doll where star trek has been conservative you know yeah. show me the militant star trek please even yeah. the most militant of star trek is i'm afraid woke sorry I, yeah you know. <laughs> Which we can only get to, like, we, we can only get to the post-scarcity, post-capitalist society by exhibiting these more these morals and examples that we see in the show, right? Like, everybody does not get mad at one another. People might get frustrated that something's mm -hmm. happened, but, like, we've learned to use our words mm -hmm. and talk through things and not react by hitting everything with a stick first yeah and greed isn't the motivator anymore you know what a what a life can anybody please tell me what that must be like exactly it's bettering ourselves and the people around us that is the motivator and the and and the galaxy you know mm -hmm. making it's empathy and that's woke i'm afraid folks i, I you know <laughs> so sue me if you want to call me woke <laughs> go right ahead Star Trek did it when I was a kid. It's not because it's a fad. I've always been this bleeding heart liberal because of Star Trek and punk rock and it, you name it. Star Wars has even made me that way. Well, and that's the thing too. You gotta, when people say something is woke, you have to start asking them to define what they mean by that. Exactly. Because make, make them call themselves out and just say, oh, it actually, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, don't like it. I mean, I, I know so many people who, you know, will, will bring out their religion as their thing that made them who they are. And I just say to them, look, on one shoulder I got an Avengers logo, because Marvel Comics made me think the way that I think. I'm going to get a Delta Shield on this arm, because Star Trek made me think the way that I think. Call me woke if you want. I don't give a flying fuck, you know? Uh, yeah, I am so excited to eventually get a Star Trek tattoo because holy moly. Let's go together. Let's go get Star Trek tattoos in Vegas. Go to a tiki bar. <laughs> <laughs> go live at our best 60s lives. Um, yes.
so now that we have finished the original series, um, I talked about it in the last episode, but we are going to move on to the animated series. Carrie, I am sorry. <sighs> You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, okay, here, here's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay. Because right. I watched the first episode. And like mm -hmm. I said, I, I finished it and I, I said aloud to whoever was in the room, the dogs and Sue, <laughs> I said, I don't think I can do this, Rebecca. I just don't. Huh. But I started the episode two, mm -hmm. and I'm 10 minutes in, and I'm like, okay, okay. Okay. Maybe this won't be, maybe this is not the chore that I think it is. Because I've not seen the animated series. That's something that mm -hmm. people are totally surprised because they know what a Star Trek fan I am. I never watched the animated series because I was such a snob at that age about animation, and I was a snob about Star Trek, I hate to say. <laughs> <laughs> well it's only going to be four episodes don't you worry um and i'm sure we'll just blaze right through them uh, oh. and if we absolutely if we absolutely listen i'm in control i am the captain of the ship if we absolutely hate this we don't have to finish them um you make the call i would like to but also i haven't i haven't watched them yet i've only been watching the short tracks that have been coming out on youtube and uh, those are wild. you and i disagree on those <laughs> well they're the first one i was like oh okay all right the second one i quite enjoyed the holiday party uh -huh. um and then this third one um the worst contact with the booger people <laughs> not a fan honestly <laughs> I loved the first one. <laughs> and then the, the second one. one. To me, the first yeah. one to me felt like felt like it was put together by someone who has tried to make jokes in the writer room and people have gone, hey, you can't do that anymore. And he was like, fine. I'll hear a bup, 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 and then made a whole three minute Star Trek short about it. That was the feeling I got. <laughs> I enjoy them because, well, they're not canon, first of all. And second of all, you know, just. But also, just... canon, toss can't. Have some jokes about canon. Have some fun. That's why I like Lower Decks so much. I love, I also love Lower Decks, the fact that it is canon and that there are <laughs> jokes, you know? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I had a moment mm. um, where my husband was um, playing World of Warcraft with some friends and he was telling them about me watching Star Trek and how cool it has been for him to also like kind of catch uh episodes as i watch them and how he thinks the whole you know the whole experiment that we're doing is so fun and i was like oh wow what a great joy hearing my husband talk about me liking star trek <laughs> um yeah we'll watch I, the animated yeah. series and then um the original series movies is that is and, that that's the order okay yeah, i'm sure you i'm sure you've got a spreadsheet I know yeah i'll share with you my spreadsheet uh <laughs> it's a doozy uh but yeah that's the plan for now but you know i can't wait words? for you i just want you to see the motion picture so bad i'm the only we'll person on the planet that still loves it <laughs> we'll get there but until then uh we will boldly go where no man has gone before but a lot of people have gone before thanks everybody <laughs>